So we are, for those of you who don't know, this is the first interview that we're not interviewing a musician or a music artist. And this is also the first interview where we're outside of our home studio. So... You Can't. may live to regret this decision. <laughs> this interview may never see the light of oh, day. Oh, jeez. Well, I'm here with the tyrant you should trust, the one and only, Mr. Vermin Supreme. Thank you. So you're My name's Vermin Supreme, and I'm from the internet. That's what that was exactly what I was going to ask you. So you're from the internet. You want to Absolutely, explain that? How sir. is one from the internet? Are you well, like born from? Did you like I, come out of I a printer? I came forth uh, from the digital circuitry. Yes. Uh, okay. Did you ever see the movie Tron? I've, of I've course. I've seen bits of it. <laughs> yeah, the remake. Did you ever see some samples from the remake of the movie Tron? I have. I have. Yes. It's it's a little bit like that. Um, of course, I am a meme. I I've probably uh, you may have seen me memeing around the internet. Of course, of in, course. In uh, 1911, I became a viral 19, overnight. 1911, I said. On a different timeline yes, over 19, here. 1911, uh, the year 1911. Um, I became a little famous on the internet uh, during a political debate in New Hampshire when I uh, uh, introduced the uh, amazing and uh, revolutionary ideas of uh, zombie power uh, to the masses. Absolutely. Uh, where I was able to introduce the mandatory toothbrushing law as a concept to uh, the C-SPAN and uh, across America and the world. I was able to discuss issues as, uh, such as uh, free ponies for all Americans. It is a federal pony identification system. Of course. Now, one second, of course, this was in 2012 and uh, or 2011, if you prefer, or the 1900s. Either way, it depends which time stream you're traveling in, of course. Uh, but for some reason, uh, that particular little segment of me glitter bombing one of my political opponents. You were turning him, was it, were you, you were turning uh, Jesus him gay? told me to turn him gay. Yes, absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Yes. And that was uh, Randall Terry, uh, a very vicious uh, homophobe, a very uh, prolific uh, anti-abortion activist. Do you think that and paid off? Do you think it worked? Do you think he's a little I more? I think it did. I, I think it changed things. I think it changed the dynamic. And if it didn't make him uh, uh, totally gay, it definitely made him more sparkly. A little, just a it, little bit gay. It definitely made his personality and his uh, clothing a little more sparkly. So maybe he's a little less homophobic now. I can only hope. I can only hope, but but I have my doubts. Uh, I saw a recent music video of, uh, video of his. He's a musician of sorts, and it was truly horrible. Uh, very oh, frightening. Uh but he's, he's, he's a fun guy. <laughs> uh, he's very entertaining. He's charismatic on his own right. Um, you know, and uh, I think uh, we, we're okay with one another. You know, he doesn't hold that fact against me and uh, whatever. So it goes. You, you can't you can't hold these grudges. You get you can't you can't hate people. You know they, these course, beefs are of course are go nowhere beefs. They they don't mean anything. You can just sort of get over on and move on with your life. You know, shake your opponent's hand and say, "I think you're fucked. <laughs> you're despicable. <laughs> I don't like you one bit." However, we'll leave it at that. Um, so that, so I, I feel we're we're like that. Me and him. And well, that's um, good. Yes, and of course, in, in the intervening now, in, interesting note was in two thousand and eight. Um, I was on the New Hampshire primary ballot. That was yes. the first time that I'd I paid my thousand that. bucks to to get on the ballot. Uh, as a Republican, that particular year, uh, didn't do too well. But uh, anybody who uh, pays their money to get on the ballot in New Hampshire uh, is allowed to be part of that oh. debate, the lesser known candidate debate. Of course, I do. Re I do remember this. Um, remember yes, being in school, I said anybody who pays a thousand dollars and is led on the New Hampshire primary ballot, run. <laughs> you tried, and they didn't let you on. However, 
peanut gallery over there. Thank you very much. Uh, sorry about that, Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're good. This is you know, my, my entourage, they get a little uppity now and again. Anyway, so um, in 08, uh, I was eligible uh, to be in that debate. But the interesting thing is that as I was on my way up to the debate, uh, there was a blizzard. And me and my wife had to pull over in this blizzard because we could not drive to the debate because it was just too snowy and we had to spend the night in a hotel. Now, if you had a pony and a sleigh, absolutely, this might be a little yes, easier. Exactly, exactly. Um, so it was, a, it was a disappointment. It was a minor disappointment, but uh, it was actually a blessing in disguise. And uh, by 2012, things had changed radically uh, between from 2008. And in that short period of time, uh, there was a massive migration from the mainstream media that at that time was still print media uh, that moved over to the digital uh, media. In that time, between 08 and 2011, uh, just, you know, 2012, uh, the internet had sort of fully formed as a, as a social media integration unit. Um, in 2008, I had a short beard. It grew in that meantime, and uh, and in that sh- in that period of time, all those Lord of the Ring movies came out, and so the 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 wizard meme became a thing. And so when I was up once, did if it was a short beard, it wouldn't have made it, but the long beard, you know, had this resonance. Um, when I was going to go More on to 08, I really did not have my material tight. I did not have the the text of the mandatory toothbrushing law commitment to memory the gingivitis uh, is destroying America and all of that and so uh, when t- and Obama Obama was uh, elected in uh, in 08 but by 2012 uh, people were a little played out on him uh, as often happens this always happens uh, any election time you're gonna see a lot of shiny young people get very excited about a candidate and then uh, get very disappointed after four years or so and so we had that time where it's like uh, and so there there was a new audience for it and uh, it, it was a beautiful thing, and it went completely viral. It went out there. Uh, it made it was made into a, a hit musical single uh, by the Gregory Brothers. Yes, uh, called "Turning Gay," where they sampled me. Uh, Shout from out to the Gregory debate. Brothers. I'll put that link in the description to this. Oh, you should. My name is Furman. Making it sound like auto tune because they auto tuned me. Furman Supreme, Furman Supreme and auto-tune. you can vote for me for president you if just, you want. Do you still stand by your pony pledge? Yes, I do. Free ponies for all. Turn all that pony poop into methane gas. And one more thing. Jesus told me to turn Randall Terry gay. <laughs> He's turning gay. You gotta start rapping He's soon. He's turning gay. You should definitely start rapping. My name is Vermin, and I like a pony. And if you don't like it, well, then you can blow me. <laughs> my name is Vermin. I have a pony. That pony is my friend. And I would love that pony till the very end. The first freestyle. I, I, I braid its mane. I can't complain. The way that pony treats me, it drives me insane. I have a pony. I like to drive it hard. I had ride my pony all around the yard. I have a pony. My pony likes to buck. I have a pony. My pony likes to ride around the town, ride around the town, ride around the town. Yeah, that's a little uh, 
need to drop a mixtape. You yes. gotta you gotta bring the whole music thing more towards twenty nineteen. You gotta drop a mixtape. Like a a mixtape. Mix uh, mix it all. Get up. a good photo of you looking hard. You gotta look real hard. Oh, I, I always look hard. Always. Always look hard. And Super hard. You just gotta have these crazy beats and you just rap over them. Oh yeah. Give you some auto tune. Um, well, let's see. There, there's a recent rap uh, single that uh, this individual put out. This uh, very young person, Ace uh, something. Uh, you'll have to put the link out to that. It's uh, it's like this uh, really entertaining and uh, really stupid, you know, rap. But that's okay. That's that's okay. That's meme, okay. meme rap is important. That's meme yeah. rap is meme rap is a legitimate musical genre. It sure is. It sure is. Yes. No. I, I've been very impressed with the uh, um, fan. Fan compositions. If you go to SoundCloud or uh, you know you've looked around on the uh, on the YouTube, you can find like probably dozens, literally dozens of songs about Vermin Supreme. Uh, some are good, some are bad. A lot of them sample uh, my original speech. Uh, some of them don't mention me at all. They are some are instrumentals, uh, but there are literally dozens, uh, if not scores, of uh, Vermin Supreme songs. It's, it's sort of like inspired by your aura. Yeah, it's like uh, it's part of the meme thing. I mean, when you're a yeah. meme, people you know repurpose your image and your likeness and your words. Uh, I think that's what uh, you know. That's when you break into memehood. When people can say different things uh, with uh, with what you throw at them. And so yes, I, I've been remixed many times. Um, I've I've heard uh, Vermin Supreme uh, dubstep. Um, I've I've heard you know just a lot of different genres of different uh, music where they're sampling me or uh, or singing about me. And, and sometimes it's serious. Sometimes they're using uh, you know it's a relationship song or something. Or it's like it's like how's that about me? I don't know. But uh, <laughs> yeah, way to make it about you. Yeah, uh, a song. Uh, uh, what is their name? Uh, if I remember the names of some of them, I'll, I'll you know, send you links for sure. Oh yeah, of course. I definitely want to hear them. If you got some Vermin Supreme raps, please send them to us. Please, I want to hear some bars. In my, I want to note that the first freestyle, the first rap on this show came from a non-musician. So for all the the there dozens of rappers who are coming here in the future, step your bars up because Vermin Supreme is the hottest freestyle to date. And I gave you the ex- uh, the, explicit, uh, ver- the explicit lyrics, version. Uh, the inexplicit, the the safer radio one goes. My name is Vermin. I have a pony, and if you don't like it, well, baloney. So. You gonna have a kids bot version come out? Oh, soon? oh yeah, for sure. The kids, kid, the kids, kids bot version. Kids love crazy. the ponies. Kids love the ponies for sure. So um, wheels on the the pony. tyrant you should trust. You yes. want to kind of go into that a little bit? What well, is the tyrant you should trust? trust. That, that's my tagline, Vermin Supreme, the friendly fascist, a tyrant that you can trust. Let me run your life because I know what is best for you. I believe you. All politicians are vermin, and I am the Vermin Supreme, and that is why I am the most qualified candidate in this race at this time. Yes, I am a politician, and I will lie to you, because I have absolutely no reason not to. Love the honesty or inhonesty. It's hard to tell. So that, that's, a, that's a segment, that's, that's an excerpt from my campaign stump speech, and... Um, that, I've been giving that stump speech for probably over 30 years now. Yeah, I, actually, that was my next question. Uh, I wanted you That's to a lot of elaborate on the quote, you will, you will lie because you have no reason not to. Absolutely. Uh, when I wrote the, those words, I was in a drug study. I was in a human drug study uh, in Boston. I was at 30 days. I did 30-day drug study in order to earn the money to, uh, I got a thousand bucks for being in this drug study as a human guinea pig for a month. In that time, 
Um, I wrote uh, a lot of some of the material. I, I came up with the concept of the mandatory toothbrushing law, which ultimately got fleshed out later, um, or fleshed out later, you know, and uh, took that money and I spent that money uh, on computer typesetting because back in the day that's what you had to do. I spent that money at a printer to print up posters that said Vermin Supreme is your mayor, demand a recount because there were no kinkos in those days. Uh, and I um, went out and went down to Baltimore and I campaigned. That was my first campaign, 1987, mayor of Baltimore, Maryland. And uh, that's where I brought it on. And of course I was Vermin Supreme for a number of years before that. Uh, You've been in politics for a while. Oh, yes. In Baltimore, Maryland, I was doing bookings and promotions uh, for a couple of nightclubs uh, down in Baltimore. Um, We lived in a big, giant, crazy uh, art house full of uh, crazy people, and we would throw these parties with way too many bands and way too much beer And uh, until we finally got evicted, and then we would walk around the town and find out different locations. We would find... uh, parking garages or I would look up and see some giant warehouse space for rent and I would just call the number and I would say, hi, uh, I'm uh, working on a theater production and uh, we need a place to build sets. And so I would tell them this lie and I would make this two-week rental and and rent out the space, uh, get it ready for the party, and then we should uh, bring in 15 bands and 15 kegs and just let it rip and roar all night and just, you know, violate all sorts of fire codes until eventually the fire marshal did catch on and we had to go a little bit more legit and that led into uh, taking over uh, the Marble Bar, which was a a Baltimore bar. It was one of the original uh, major punk rock bar back in the 80s in Baltimore. Um, You know, Dead Kennedys screaming and they all played there and I I was more involved in in a little bit of the punk punk rock scene back in those days. Although I was looking a little more hippie, but uh, definitely where I was hanging out was uh, the punk rock scene. And, you know, saw Scream and Fear and uh, True Sounds of Liberty and uh, just uh, all those groups back in the day. Uh, which mean nothing to you young people, well, but, punk rock is but they were real right now. back so. in the days. Oh, yeah, sure. I'm talking real punk, original punk. I'm talking grandpa punk. <laughs> because I'm an old person now, uh, I don't know what happened. Uh, I was young, uh, and then all of a sudden I got old. But it's played very much to my advantage uh, because I've been doing this so long. But back in the day, when I would be out on the street with a boot on my head and ranting and raving through a bullhorn, um, I, I think I came off more like a crazy person, or or I was a lot more dismissible. Uh, like, oh, look at that crazy kid! Like, what? Look at that stupid hippie! Look at that stupid hippie with the boot on his head. Uh, but, you know, once I got older and my face started getting craggier and my beard started getting grayer, uh, it seems to have given me a lot more gravitas. Um, and so I, it's, it gives me something to play against. You know, it's like, why? Look at that dignified old man. But why does he have a boot on his head? What the? You leveled up to a wizard. That's what happened. You didn't get older. You just leveled up. You became like Grand Wizard. That is a very good observation. Yeah, well, let's not go with Grand Wizard. Uh, so, <laughs> oh, correct. Yes, that would have, has certain connotations. Yeah. So, being from the internet, how, who, who are your parents? Do they two computers? And how does that work? Oh, I most likely yes. <laughs> I'm just. And do no, you have like? Well, well what's Thanksgiving okay. like? You, do you know Goatsy? <laughs> I sprung forth from Goatsy. Goatsy. 
So you have to fill me in. Goatsy is one of the original memes on the internet, I would have to say. The one? And Goatsy... You didn't have to cut me off, guy? Um, no. Nah. Goatsy was... A, a, I, if I it, saw it, I'd it, probably... It, I don't know if it was a JPEG. I don't, it, essentially, it was this dude bent over, and he had stretched out his anus to incredible proportions. I think he had both hands in it, and it was open <laughs> wide... And it was sort of like the original Rick Roll. It was like you might oh, get Jesus. redirected there, or somebody might use it. I mean, it was when message oh, boards still existed. Cry. And uh, <laughs> if Rod can find it, it's it's pretty obscure, but it's it's uh, it's truly obscene. So is that and that's bothered to you? Yeah, or? let's just say I sprung forth from Coatsy's gaping anus. Let's see. Uh, what the fuck? <laughs> But that's an original—that's the original meme right there. That is what when memes were memes, people. That that was the golden age of memes. It, it didn't get no better than that. When you could share gaping assholes with impunity and not have to get worried about getting shut off or censored to so Facebook. What, what if you share Goatsy today, they would kick you off Facebook pretty fast. But back in the day, you could just like put Goatsy out there for all to see, and it was a beautiful thing. They were much more innocent times. Yeah. <laughs> well, the social media police took over. Yeah. So what are family get-togethers like? I'm, I'm definitely curious. Well, you can see that in the movie, actually. Oh, the finale of this is Vermin Supreme is the 30 year anniversary of true, uh, true Becky story. and Vermin. Uh, hey, you want to talk about Sorry. Sorry. Uh, so, uh, in uh, This is Vermin Supreme, which is the recent documentary oh. I directed, uh, you can actually see a big uh, family event. Uh, it's a 30 year anniversary of uh, uh, Vermin and his wife, Becky. Uh, it's like it's like a rainbow gathering, except smaller, uh, with kind of more with a you know with a very vermin centric theme. You got the the, the wood uh, pile in the middle. You got the outhouse where you can do your thing, uh, and uh, you know not exactly all the amenities of uh, regular technology and uh, you know the world, but uh, I mean but magical things like toothbrush gardens. Um, you got lots of pony uh, toys in the trees. Uh, lots of strange baby dolls over the place. Uh, I, I cover all this in my own book about the 2016 election. <laughs> Water, uh, uh, you know, wild vermin looks around uh, for some of his uh, magic water. Oh, hello, I'm back. I was just looking for some water. Uh, Rod there off camera, uh, of course, uh, talking about things, talking about stuff. But of course, uh, he was talking about uh, real world things, and we were, we were talking about imaginary so things. Out, documentary yes, uh, the documentary does cover a lot of real things. It does cover a lot of pretended imaginary things. And actually, the, the documentary does a very good job of uh, covering the... second. We actually uh -oh. had stopped. Uh, uh -oh. For some reason, it stopped recording. Oh, okay. Well, we've stopped no, recording. I mean, we, got the we got the camera audio. So oh, okay. I'm just going to have to cover right. the camera audio. Once again, of course, we're live here. We have a little glitch uh, with but, uh, uh, Bobby D. Bobby, let's, 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 uh, let's take an end to part one, and we'll jump right into part two. Okay. Hold on. Going. All right. All right. That's so... Thank you guys for tuning in to part one. Stay tuned. We jump right into part two right now. All right, so let's jump right into it. The free pony policy. Yes. You want to kind of elaborate on that free a little bit? Free ponies for all Americans. Sounds like a dream. It is, of course, a job creation program. It will create thousands and thousands and millions upon millions of jobs. 
as we prepare the infrastructure for a pony-based post-fossil fuel transportation industry, of course, you're gonna. It is a federal pony identification system, so you must have your pony with you at all times, and that means that uh, will be a massive uh, construction boom as we retrofit uh, the entire United States housing stock uh, to uh, be pony accessible. Sort of the uh, uh, American Ponies uh, Act of uh, pony pony accessibility. It's the word I'm looking for, of course. Um, now, of course, not everybody understands the uh, pony-based economy, and uh, so I'm hoping to be able to tell you a little bit about the pony-based economy and pony uh, economics in general. And uh, it's a very simple thing, uh, because once we have uh, established universal pony ownership, once everybody uh, in America has their own pony, uh, what we will have, I mean, what, what do you, do you have when you own something um, you own it and when you own something you have equity you, you have equity in your pony because your pony although it's a free pony is certainly worth something to somebody somewhere and so when you have this free pony um, we have equity and so once we've established uh, equity that you can borrow against it okay so once you can borrow against your pony equity then we are creating pony based debt now once you have created a class of uh, pony-based debt, uh, we can create all sorts of crazy uh, debt-based, pony debt-based uh, instruments, uh, uh, financial instruments, uh, sort of uh, pony-backed securities, um, pony default swaps, AAA pony bond markets, and, and all of these things that uh, a lot of smart people uh, go to college to uh, make up these imaginary uh, constructs that we can sell to the public. And uh, so we, we're gonna, what we're going to do is create a bubble. Uh, I'm talking about a giant pony bubble in the economy. And this, uh, everybody knows, like, when you have a bubble, things are good. Your economy is cooking. I mean, it means all the cylinders are firing. Uh, industry is happening. People are making money. And bubbles are just amazing. Uh, the th problem is with a lot of bubbles is they burst and, and you have a downturn. But the beautiful thing about a pony-based economy bubble is that it is going to be reinforced and steel-belted. And will last forever. So that I think that's the important thing you need to understand about uh, a pony-based economy is, is it just will only go upward. It will only expand, and it will not decline in the least. Um, you know, I mean, we're, we're short. It's going to be a lot of work. I mean, uh, how will the how will an interstate roller coaster uh, be compatible with ponies, for example? Uh, well, will will ponies be able to run a pony? Uh, based roller coaster uh, between states? Will they be able to fit in the pneumatic tubes? Because once, of course, once we have a pony-based uh, post-fossil fuel uh, economy, that we, we will not be needing any uh, oil uh, pipelines. And so I hope to retrofit all the uh, pipelines into pneumatic tubes, like you might have seen in banks, uh, for transportation purposes, to shoot uh, ponies and people uh, across the country. So that it'll save a lot of wear and tear on your pony. Uh, of course, we're also uh, working on a ponies in space uh, program. Uh, some are calling it Space Horse. Um, but, of course, that's very important. That's a, a pledge of mine to uh, put ponies in space, ponies on the moon, uh, and send ponies to Mars. And then, once, of course, once we have enough ponies in space, uh, we will be able to form a space cavalry and uh, finally take on the menace of the space monsters and the space aliens that uh, confront this great nation of ours. And, of course, that's just a stopgap measure until we can build a concrete dome over this great country of ours for absolute uh, protection uh, of uh, safety and stuff because uh, I know a lot of people are afraid of things. Okay, so why ponies?
Um, say what now? I said, why, why ponies I, of I, all? Well, I think I heard you, but I, I'm not sure I'm really understanding. I mean, I love ponies. I, I know what I the think. two words mean uh, or why, and I know what I mean, ponies mean. Why but not ponies? I don't would be know a why they, they would go together in, 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 with a question mark at the end. It's, it seems that, that ponies are just the most wonderful and affable uh, animals on the planet. Uh, I know there are, are some people who don't like ponies. Uh, I but, love ponies. Uh, I would love for pony ponies. haters will be dealt with. Uh, that, that is what the dental reeducation centers are for. Um, oh, okay, so you teaching? You're going to teach the pony haters about pony. We're going to teach them to love ponies. It's going to be okay, like they're, they're, they'll be coming out and they're going to be loving ponies, like n- not in a carnal sense, mind you. Now, once again, of course, in my new book here, uh, I Pony Blueprint for New America, there is some pony erotica. It's it's true. There there is some dirty parts about ponies in here, and uh, I would read it for pony you. Pony erotica. Yes, sir. It's it's uh, it's uh, it's a it's part. It's do- it's tastefully done. Very tastefully. Okay, fine. It's pretty raunchy, but nonetheless, um, it's it's all in my new book, uh, I Pony Blueprint for a New America, and th- this is a book about the future, Bobby D. This, of course, this is a book that uh, it tells about a future long after a vermin supreme presidency. Uh, this is a book that is about the future lo- when everybody has their ponies, when zombie power uh, f- fuels the nation. When secret dental police have set up secret dental checkpoints every couple hundred yards or so uh, for you and your children's protection and safety. What this uh, book from the future it's, is about, it's a warning. It's essentially a warning from the people of the future to you, the people of the present, their past, that Vermin Supreme is a madman and must be stopped. So... Vermis Supreme, the madman, it must be stopped. Yes. So for the pony it's, policy. It's, it's all right here in my new book. It's uh, available online. Or, or uh, yes, yes. So the pony policy is going to take quite quite a bit to get to get funded. How do you plan on um, funding that? <laughs> what? Once again, I, I, I'm They're sorry. Free. I, I thought I thought that I had explained. They are it to free, you, but, but uh, let, let 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 me show you this little illustration here. Okay, this, this is. Uh, I don't know if we can get this on. You camera. can probably I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna show on. that up to the camera. It's some pony erotica for you all. After they show each other their love, um, a, a, a short while later, after full gestation, a pony, a free pony, comes out of the mom's pony, pony vagina. <laughs> I see. Okay? Out of the pony vagina, because uh, in the pony uterus is the, you know because the because the pony and when I say they they loved one another, I meant that the pony daddy was sticking his pony cock in the mommy's pony vagina, and I'm not saying that you know because they weren't parents at that time, so they were just fucking okay. But as a result of this joyous union between this uh, loving ponies, the ponies um, yes, a new baby free. Absolutely free pony is born. So are you? So how are these ponies being housed? Like, to so you're gonna are you gonna like have pony housing in order to oh, make all well, the free of, ponies? Of course, yeah. of, of course. Well, it's it's part of the building boom. It's part of the construction boom. I it's, see. Uh, yeah, it's part of the the economy invigoration. Uh, it's gonna make everything awesome. 
And how is this? How is this going to help fuel the future? You said we're going to get rid of fossil fuels. Well, exactly. It will be avoid. It, uh, have you heard of the the new green deal that they're trying to push? I have not. Okay. Well, I came up with it first, and it's okay. pony based. That's all I'm saying. Uh, the fact that uh, the, these other politicians have been ripping off my pony platform, in particular Hillary Clinton, who uh, uh, tried to steal my pony platform and give it to Bernie and all this nonsense. Uh, and uh, I, did, I did see that. Yes, I did uh, see that. yes. I, I had to sue in federal court in order to uh, get oh, a wow. pony to that protest. Um, sometimes my uh, activities uh, happen in the real world, and that was one of them. I wanted to bring a pony to a protest uh, to a Hillary Clinton book signing in Concord, New Hampshire, uh, because she was ripping off my pony material, and uh, I actually had to uh, sue uh, the Concord city of Concord in order to have a pony at that protest. Because sometimes you were successful from what and, I know. Now, oh yes, because you know what? You know what I always say: You gotta fight for your right to pony. Yes, that's that. And in fact, that's going to be one of the songs in uh, this rock opera. I know I had mentioned it to you personally, and I don't think we talked about it in the, in the interview. Uh, but sometimes I go on tour. I think a lot of our crowd would recognize that one. And um, oh yeah, yeah, sure, sure, sure. And so uh, we we are putting together an exciting uh, rock opera that we are going to be touring in the near future. It's a rock opera about my. It's going to include my origin stories. It's going to include uh, my rise to the presidency. It's going to include uh, my uh, turning zombies into power. It's going to include ponies. It's going to have the time travel. I'm going to kill baby Hitler. All of these things, and it's going to be musical. And we're going to be singing songs, and we're going to have live music and recorded music, and I'll be singing, and uh, there'll be fog machines and lasers and and uh, strobe lights and all sorts Sounds of things amazing. to give you seizures. And it's, uh, yeah, it's going to be very exciting. And uh, it's going to be a sing-along, so everybody will be able to sing along. It'll have a karaoke uh, feel to it. Um, and it's going to be really, uh, really exciting, really good. And, of course, it's going to be based on a whole bunch of classic rock songs uh, that you young kids will not recognize. So that so there's well, that. Maybe they can get hip to it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So um, with the whole free pony policy, so are you just going to, like, Give newborn babies free ponies, or is there like an age that you gotta be? Well, once we get things going, uh, once we uh, start to figure out how to uh, implant pony embryos into humans, um, essentially, human babies and the, their pony will be born at the same time. I now, see. once again, of course, this could entail having ponies implanted into pony wombs, or perhaps it will involve planting human embryos in uh, in ponies, uh, because I think that would be easier, because uh, ponies get pretty big, and I can't imagine a pregnant lady having a big pony in her belt. That would be so... That would just be absurd. So I think it's much more practical uh, to implant human baby embryos into uh, pony uteruses, along with uh, foals and, and colts, uh, because it, they, they would just fit better. And... Um, Take a lot of stress off the mother too. Absolutely, the human mother. Absolutely, I, it's, it's sure, it, it'll be great um, for sure. There's, there's no doubt about it. It's it's a brave new world, friends. A brave new pony world. And you must have your pony with you at all times. Uh, How yes, is that yes. going to be checked? What if your well, pony's the secret, sick? The secret dental police are going to be having checkpoints. They're, they're going to be checking. They want to make sure oh. that your tattoo and your pony tattoo match. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, they're gonna. Put, okay. They've got the barcode scanners. They're gonna scan it over you, and uh, they're yeah. So and if don't match for forget about it. So that that base yeah. is covered right there. Absolutely. And so it's, there's it's, gonna it's, be. It's all right here in my new book. I pony. Make sure you check out America. that book. 
Oh, yes. It's uh, iPonyBook.com. Uh, iPonyBook.com, guys. Go check that out. That's absolutely right. Or if you're watching the telethon tonight um, with your $50 donations, uh, you will get this book for free. I'll, I'll even autograph it for you. How about that? And uh, an interesting thing is uh, I have started a program where I am mailing this book uh, or we're sending this book into the prisons, into the prison system here in America, because I think we can all agree that the prison system is a pretty horrible, a hellacious place where of uh, uh, the majority of people are nonviolent offenders or drug offenders and, and, uh, and don't need to be there. It's a huge industry that has been uh, taken over. They have a huge lobby. It's, uh, there's like, very powerful industries uh, that own politicians, and they are pushing forth the war on drugs. And uh, the... Uh, the war on crime and, and victimless crime to the point of uh, filling their prisons. A, a lot of uh, uh, cities and states have built prisons, and they actually signed contracts with the private prison companies uh, that say they will supply a certain number of prisoners or, uh, or they'll lose money. They'll have to pay money if they don't provide prisoners. So there's this incentive uh, that is purely profit-driven to uh, criminalize people, to arrest people, and put them into the system. And once they're in the system, you know it's, it's hard to get out. And uh, there are political prisoners in this country. There's a, a lot of political prisoners, people who are in prison for their political beliefs or their political activities. Absolutely. And uh, so uh, the publisher of this book, uh, Bob Tomistic Books, has uh, agreed with me to uh, make this available to prisoners. And we've started a program uh, to send this uh, this very book into the prisons. And we've already successfully sent one into uh, uh, Sean Swain, an anarchist prisoner. Uh, and uh, we are sending them one to... Uh, uh, the founder of the the Silk Road, um, who's also I, do, in, I am aware of who that okay. is. Okay, uh, he a nonviolent offender. Of uh, course, we heard his mother uh, discuss the case, and uh, it's not what was told in the media. It wasn't some uh, murder for hire or or, not or heroin by the mail. No, it was not that at all. It was more like Craigslist that was a little more open, and uh, it was just it was pretty much like that. It, it was a resource, and Ross did not facilitate any anything. In fact, there was explicit. Um, prohibitions against it they didn't want that shit on there and they would take it down when it when it did pop up and so i'm sending uh they want um she'll be getting one yep once i get the address so we we are uh we're doing that so once again that's uh something that we're doing so this kind of gets into a good question it's kind of a good topic that i've noticed is coming up how do you feel about uh allowing inmates to vote um i'm all for it um yeah, I, I think they're they're citizens too. Uh, they just because they've been taken away for doing a crime doesn't mean that they don't have uh, some opinions. Uh, some will argue that they they should give that up, but I think they've given up uh, quite a few liberties uh, just by being imprisoned, if you will. Um, so I would have to say, sure, I'm I stand for prison a abolition uh, in real time, real world. Uh, you know, of course, part of the farcical platform has to do with the dental reeducation centers and and course, uh, enforcement, things like that and secret dental police kicking down your door and and all of that. But in real world, uh, yeah, for sure. I, I think uh, Florida is going in the uh, right re uh, direction that they, they are reinstating. Uh, voting rights to felons, um, I mean, which is ridiculous. I mean, the, the felons, they, they've done their time. I mean, they did a crime, they did their time, and now it's time for them to be reintegrated into society, and that certainly includes uh, the right to vote. So do prisoners get free ponies too, or do they get the ponies upon release? 
I, I think they would have their ponies. I think uh, it would be a very good rehabilitation for them. Uh, uh, I think studies show that uh, people do well, that when they learn to care for things, they learn to care for others. Uh, the studies that I have heard about uh, pets uh, in the prison uh, system are, are always positive. It's like it gives the prisoners another reason to live. Uh, they are in a fairly hopeless situation. I mean, you can only imagine. It's uh, You're confined. You're, you're, you're being told what to do at every time. Um, yeah, it's it's a uh, it's a horrible place. So with the the whole the whole pony policy, no need for cars anymore. Exactly, we're going it's, it's, straight it's, it's pony. A, it's, it's a vision of the future. Yes. So uh, the, obviously the cars are killing the planet. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I drive. The, I'm a hypocrite like that, but I mean, I think it's we all have to acknowledge uh, our own little course. part in uh, messing it all up. So our traffic law is going to be the same, just kind of with ponies. Um, that's a very good question. Uh, currently, sure, we're not. And um, gas stations going to have to be converted to hay stations? Exactly. Exactly. Part of the Kinda infrastructure like situation. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, what about safety? What do, what do people crash? What do people crash? The um, ponies. Oh, well, you, you'll be wearing your uh, government-issued foam rubber suit, of course. Oh. Yes, for safety. You don't need airbags when you're wearing a foam rubber suit. You don't. Absolutely. You, you, you bounce. You bounce around. I mean, yeah, for sure. It's, it's a whole lot of fun. Well, it just seems like everybody want to get in car accidents or pony, well, pony accidents, accidents at that sure. point. And ponies like to play. Are there going to be like speed limits for the ponies as well? Well, uh, top speed of, of uh, equines in general is about 37 miles an hour. Um, and, of course, a lot of people are saying, well, how in the world can we ever achieve uh, time travel, flux capacitor style, um, through uh, such a slow-moving pony? Because, as we all know, the DeLorean and uh, Back to the Future uh, hit 88, which, uh, I don't know, secret Hitler numbers. I don't know what the, why they used that one in particular. Um, however, uh, 88 was the speed that used in the uh, trilogy of uh, Back to the Future with the flux capacitor. So I have scientists that are currently working on a version of the flux capacitor uh, that is biologically based, that's uh, genetically based, and, and we'll be able to fuse that into the ponies. And so we will be able to achieve time travel through pony travel uh, it, at about 33 miles an hour, which a pony can easily do. So that I see that as a future. So is this time travel going to be regulated, or is everybody going to be able to just willingly travel through well, time? For starters, it'll be a little regulated until I okay. get my business done. We got to take we'll out Hitler first. Yes, of course. First things first. We got to take care of Hitler. We got to take care of Mao. We got to take care of uh, Leopold, Pol Pot. Um, you know, just uh, all the all of course, those, uh, of course. crazy ass mass murderers. Um, so how so, do you plan on? How do you plan on doing? Do you plan on going back to the the day they were born and just taking it out right there? Maybe before. Maybe before they were maybe born. Maybe even before. Maybe right we'll see. The parents we'll, maybe giving we'll, we'll, giving the dad a condom before yeah, yeah, before it gets there's done. There's a lot of options. Uh, so some are less bloody than others, but uh, yeah, yeah, you could just you know, hey, I know what you're about to go do in there. Hand them a rubber real quick, and then Hitler yeah, would never I mean, a lot, of, a lot of these horrible people, uh, you know, I mean, crimes were terribly ineffective back in those days. Uh, they made a lot of sheep guts and stuff. So how is Roman Supreme? You you currently have scientists funding this time travel research. Well, I they're mean, not working funding on it, the, but they're working, working on it. Yes. How is Past, Roman Supreme present, funding this? and future? Um, is this through all the money? Well, well I made some the very good marathons? investments in my tri time travel in the future. Of course. I mean, in the future, then I came back and made some good deals, made some good bets, bought some good stocks. Uh, but I lost it all in, in when the uh, when the uh, time stream tore a little bit there, you know. Uh Shit happens. Uh, what yeah. can I tell you? The, the unexpected consequences, careless time travelers messing up the uh, continuum, uh, the butterfly effect. Uh, you know, it's endless. There's just so many different dimensions. Uh, all, I'm very happy that I'm president in a lot of them. So you, you've you been funding time travel through 
your own time travel Well, once we abolish taxes, yes, it was all voluntary. I mean, private industry uh, is always your best bet anyway when you want to get something done, uh, according to the libertarian uh, principles. Yes, indeed, always. That's amazing. And, uh, of course, I am seeking the libertarian nomination for the presidency this election year. That's a fact. Um, my chances are much better. Uh, there's, uh, uh, it's a smaller party, and I have a, a real base of support in the Libertarian Party. That's as surprising as that may seem, um, but I am actively seeking their nomination. And uh, hopefully, with a little bit of luck, that will be the next major debate that I can take place at at their national convention in Austin in 2020, um, where I hope to really bring forth the, uh, the issues. I look forward to hearing it because you know I, I have a lot of reach, uh, believe it or not. You know I'm intergalactic. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. So you, so you do uh, work with other galaxies, other planets. Oh yes. Oh yes. Oh, oh yeah. What's your favorite? What's your favorite? Uh, what's your favorite planet to go to? Well, I hate to pander, but Earth is the place. Am I right, Earth, people? Earth is the place Earth. to be. Let's hear it for Earth, everybody. Who here is from the planet Earth? Is anybody watching this uh, from the planet Earth? Um, raise your hand. Hey, I'm watching this. Okay, from the planet so Earth. we I, got three people right here. I'd say most of the people who are watching are uh, definitely from planet Earth. So I'm going to play to my uh, my to my strengths uh, here on this time stream. So every planet Earth number one. Planet Earth is n- number, number one. one. I don't care. Supreme what, I don't care planet. what you say, Bobby D. I like planet Earth. I like planet Earth too. We just got to stop destroying it. Well, that would be helpful. And this is the ponies. But maybe we have to destroy it in order to save it. So would we go to the future to do that? To kind of would we would we go to the future to kind of see how we destroy the planet? They come back to save it. Is that what you mean? Destroy (sighs) the planet in the future, then come back to see how we destroyed it. Well, you gotta get back to the right timeline. That's the, yeah. you know it's that's really probably the, tricky. It's a, There's a lot of calibration involved. A lot of calibration. That's the hardest part about time travel. I, I think so. I think otherwise you're gonna end up in weird places. What's uh, the weirdest place you've ever been? Like time traveling? Oh, uh, like with some dinosaurs on Mars. Are they cool with you over there? The dinosaurs. Yeah, they were. They were, were talking. Was it like? They were talking. Oh, dinosaurs. they were talking. Yes, they were. Very, was it very like excited. Jurassic Park? They wasn't like. Yes, Jurassic but they Park weren't at eating all? people so much. Uh, they, well, there was no people. I, I, it was a novelty. It was. Uh, it really surprised them. And uh, so they, once, like, I, they let you be. Well, uh, telepathically we communicated. I mean, they weren't talking English per se, but uh, you know, sure, they understood. We, we understood each other. That's, that's it's all here in my new book. <laughs> it's actually not in the. It's going to be in my new sequel to this book, Vermin Supreme and the Dinosaurs. Damn, they need a, they need a cartoon on you or a show. Uh, well, hopefully, or a video game maybe. Uh, well, we're gonna make a few pitches to Adult Swim. Uh, our tour is gonna take us down to Atlanta, and uh, I believe that we'll be doing some sort of Adult Swim podcast, um, where of course we'll be uh, laying out the exciting ideas for a Vermin Supreme uh, super series. I think uh, that would be amazing. I mean, of course, yeah, it would be just like Rick and Morty, uh, but without Rick and Morty. That's my pitch. Hope you like it. That would be amazing. I would watch. I'd pick up the DVD box set. I'd have all the seasons. Absolutely. A lot of potential. A lot of potential. Uh, so. For sure. It's amazing that uh, that I haven't been eaten by corporate America yet. Just lucky, I guess. So um, we're going to take another quick break and part two. Got some more questions coming into you for part three. We're going to get into how Vermin Supreme will protect us from the impending zombie apocalypse. Utilizing yeah, those zombies for clean energy. Zombie lips. The toothbrushing law and more. Maybe a and little more. more pony erotica more if you guys are into that. Oh, yeah. But part three coming up. Stay tuned. Vermin Supreme, cult classic interview number nine.
And Peace. we're moving. Number nine. Part three. We are back with the one and only Vermin Supreme. So let's get right into it. Utilizing zombies for clean energy. Ooh, Vermin Supreme hits out of the Off the pen. Can I hit this again? Is that cool? Oh, yeah. Hit on the vape pen, man. Man, you got to love this shit. I need to get me oh, one these of these. Very exciting times. Yeah, it's uh, short money, man. It's uh, it's a good way to smoke when they, you can't be smoking the dope inside and all. Uh, or uh, in a vehicle or a lot of places that uh, just don't like smoke these days. Uh, burning combustibles. And uh, so you can... Also, they have the, the dry vapors, too. I used to have one of those where you would actually put the uh, dry flower in there. And, yeah, uh, I got to get me one that. of them, man. So what... Vermin Supreme loves to smoke. How much Vermin Supreme smoke? Like a daily basis, uh, supreme. maybe a gram, maybe a gram a maybe, day. Maybe gram a gram day, day keeps the doctor away. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. That's you know, what's usually, up. Pretty much a one hitter. You have the blessing uh, of living in Massachusetts. Yeah, yeah, we can grow our own weed, uh, up to six plants per person, twelve per household, and um, you know you play your cards right, uh, and you can have up to nine ounces. Nine that's ounces uh, is is legal amount to to possess. And, oh, that's about a year supply for me, just about. I mean, you figure a gram a day, twenty eight grams to the ounce, so that's a month. Yeah, it's a month um, right there. So just you know, just growing my own, I saving uh, you know, thousands of dollars. Yeah, thousands of dollars. So you know, if that's, if that's an ounce a month. That's twelve ounces a year. That's like you know, I mean, three hundred bucks an ounce, four hundred bucks an ounce. You know, or yeah. So keeps you going. Yeah. So what? Uh, what's your favorite strain? Could, could, could I interject something last year? Yeah. Um, so uh, actually, I, I I have a friend who's uh, started a new app um, for uh, weed delivery. Um, and he's uh, asked uh, me to, you know, potentially uh, help be one of the managers for this because we'll need uh, real-life drivers if we were to do it. Yes. Um, so Does it? Uh, if, if, if that's a job that's interesting <laughs> to you, um, uh, by all means, uh, you, can, you, you know how to get a hold of him and message him or message me. Yeah, i on Facebook, R-O-D-W-E-B-B-R, and um, it's called Stash and Dash. Stash and Dash. Stash and Dash. You heard it here first. Call is, classic. Is that Stash and thing? Dash coming. Hey, Stash and Dash. Oh. So, so what we'd have to do is, is work on some of the legalities here in mm -hmm. Massachusetts. Oh, okay. Uh, so it's a similar project. Uh, well, yes. Yeah, so, so, so we'd use the technology that he's developed. Yes. Uh, it would be like Uber for weed. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, so and potentially a, a legal thing until the state oh, well, clamps down on so, one's permits so, so and shit. So this is the thing. I mean, at least in Oklahoma, the problem is, is that if you're distri uh, uh, distrib, what's the word? Uh, distri Distributing. Yes. Uh, well, no. If, if no, you're uh, if you're a manufacturing uh, facility for marijuana, uh, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, you can't deliver. Uh, but, ah. Uh, so it has to be a third party delivery. Yes. So what? And so and I've uh, talked to friends in Los Angeles. They've got uh, you know similar systems mm. there. Uh, so uh, potentially, and I, you know, I'm, I'm not 100% on board yet, uh, but we've been talking. Right. About, uh, if it can be combined with pizza and weed delivery, there you go. I, that I don't seems see a perfect not, model. Because what he's talking about is just a, th a third-party delivery system. Yes. Uh, so if, if that happens, uh, and, and we get the legality. Oh, cleared, it sounds very good. Uh, I mean, uh, in a lot of states, I mean, a lot of times it, it's the loophole. Like they, they, because they did not make a specific law by default um it's a, it's open territory That's until right. they regulate it because they love to regulate right shit. and 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 I th so it's it's creating this this opportunity because the the manufacturing facilities cannot deliver Right. Anyhow, that was that was all I wanted. Well, that's to good. That's a that's a good. So, that's, yeah, we got. Oh, yeah. Listen, if good you're watching do. this and we're looking for endorsements, you got anything marijuana related? We smoke a lot of weed oh, on this yeah. show. Heck yeah. Uh, 
So we're looking for sponsors. Hey, yeah. That, that being said, I'm I'm sure uh, that we'd be interested in uh, people helping uh, manage in Charlotte. That's your town. Uh, oh yes. Or, or anywhere across the United States, really. We gotta uh, go. Not, we gotta get up on legalizing that down in Charlotte, or decriminalizing. First things first. Oh, sorry, wherever it's legal, of course. Wherever I mean, it's legal, yes. Not, uh, we'll be on it, Charlotte. We gotta get the move it out there in Charlotte. Yeah, sure. Get it together, Charlotte. So, yeah. So, uh, re- uh, reach out to me, Rod Legalize Weber. Uh, or if you can't remember my name, uh, you know, uh, Bother Vermin. Legalize uh, well, we're, we're working on this stuff, and you, you Legalize can be part of the Let's get part of the revolution, Charlotte. Legalize There you have it. If you ever wonder what Vermin Supreme Oh, yeah. Smokes. I'd leg- if I was the president, I'd legalize Vermin Supreme is going to legalize it everywhere. Going to legalize it. Do you smoke it. it everywhere if you legalize it? Oh, is yeah. there going to be no restraints? Oh, yeah. You can just smoke anywhere. Of course. Uh, well, I do, you, well, it, it's up to private uh, businesses, of course. Uh, if they don't want you blazing up in their business, of course, uh, they'll, you, of course. Can, you, you don't have to step that. outside. But in public, I don't have it. I mean, some places are they try and prohibit prohibit cigarette smoking on the beach these days, which is just a little bit overboard, if you ask me. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, people should be responsible with their butts and their own vices and all, all of these things. But I mean, come on. I mean, it's outside, you know. So let's jump into. Um, can I, can I just drop one more thing? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, so, so my guy who's doing it just got uh, permission uh, for, for doing this uh, at, at the vendings at the Gathering of the Juggalos in Indiana next summer. I don't know if you're doing that. Uh, ah, well, we I hope to be there. There you go. I'm I'm just saying, get back to us on this. Uh, oh yes. We, oh, we should. We need to talk about that. Well, he needs to know that he can hire me to to front his thing or something. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. He's, yeah. He, you know, yeah, yeah. He'll have um, little people too. Yeah. 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 Again, you guys want that how endorsements for this anyway? app? What? How do magnets work? Magnets. magnets. How do how do how do they how do work? Magnets. Work? Nobody. Nobody knows. That's nobody knows how question. magnets work. It's. Uh, Maybe anyway, ju- uh, Juggalos for Vermin Supreme. It's a page on Facebook. Juggalos just in case. for Vermin Supreme. Yeah, it's on yeah, Facebook, man. Not a lot of people, not a lot of Juggalos, but they just don't know yet. Um, yeah, I have, a, I have a lot of fans in a lot of places. A lot of people know me in a lot of strange, uh, weird corners of the world, uh, if you will. I mean, uh, I, Hopefully I, we can get Charlotte behind you and the Charlotte oh, yeah. music scene behind you. Oh, I hope so. Uh, Absolutely. We, during the... Uh, Demo, was it the Democratic National Convention was in Charlotte uh, yes. a few years back? Yes. And I was totally there. And uh, we had a show there, and uh, it was very well supported by the community. Um, I can't recall the bands that, that played, but it was, it was a rocking event for sure. And we had a whole lot of fun on the streets. Um, you know, I, I'm a protest wrangler, if you will. I don't know if your audience knows that part of what I do, but I like to take the whole... Uh, thing outside into the real world and uh you know i might be running for president but i also might be trying to talk down the riot cops because i think that's a very important thing talking down the riot cops i like to read them uh sections of police manuals crowd control manuals to try and let them know that some of the best crowd control is no crowd control just like to the crowd uh, disperse on its own and uh you know if it looks really hairy i'll just try and you know make them chill out uh, because you know when you have these protests uh, you, you a lot of times you'll have two lines there's gonna be a line of police officers and there's gonna be a, a line of uh, protesters and there's this space in between them and eventually something will or could happen uh, and it's a space where somebody could throw something and, and start some shit or the cops could spray some stuff and it'll start some shit uh, but I have found that if I intersperse if I place myself in that space that very that no person's land if you will and start talking some very 
very sensible things through my bullhorn uh, in a very calm, collected voice, not trying to stir people up into a frenzy, but just letting everybody know what's going on, what the ground rules are, what I expect. When I'm talking to the cops, I'm letting them know how I w- want them to behave, which is chill. Um, you know, and, and uh, you trying to avoid crowd panic is another thing. I mean, it, it's arguable. Maybe it's just, you know, you know, hyper uh, camp counselor type of stuff. Uh, but I found that, it, that it's effective uh, by letting the crowd know that, you know, a lot of people who are out in the protest riot world have never been there before. They don't know what to expect. They don't know how to react. Um, they're just out there exercising their First Amendment rights of uh, free assembly and free speech. Uh, so they need to know. So I, I will tell them, like, you know, it, you know, and it's prophylactic in the sense that it's by telling them it's like, well, y'all, you could be tear gassed or pepper sprayed. So if you're wearing contacts, you need to remove your contact lenses. And a lot of people don't even, you know, know simple uh, medical advice or, or how to respond when uh, the cops come swinging with their clubs. Uh, you know, just simple advice like, you know, please walk. Don't run. You know, I mean, don't trample people. Make sure you're you know, situationally aware. Um, another uh, potential uh, bad thing happens when like a, a crowd thinks that they're trapped when a crowd thinks that they are, are surrounded and sometimes we are sometimes we are kettled by police and we're not allowed to leave and that can really create a, a panicky feeling in a crowd so something as uh, simple as letting them know that there is an exit letting the crowd know you are not surrounded uh, if you need if we need to exit we can go out this street here until it's closed off by the cops or whatever um, but there's some, a number of techniques that I have learned that have enabled me to uh, enter this environment. And uh, my the persona, the, the vermin supreme, the boot on the head, the, uh, the humor, uh, has tr- it allows me to go a lot further than I would have ever been able to without it. You know, playing the clown uh, gives a certain, dis- has a disarming effect on the police, if of you course. will. Uh, they're less likely to be really uptight or, or you know, unless that's their predisposition. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> unless they yeah. say, oh, look at this freak, like to hit him. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, so that that's a public service that I, I provide for the people, uh, usually at the conventions or other big demonstrations. A lot of times um, I will go there. Uh, I've been... Uh, uh, brought to uh, music festivals um, for that explicit purpose. Uh, I did the Fractal Fest, uh, uh, Fractal Fest, which was a uh, EDM festival in uh, New York uh, last year. And uh, I was brought in you know, specifically because they had had a lot of cop problems the year before. And uh, I had been going to the Rainbow Gatherings for many, many years. Uh, you know the Rainbow Gatherings? I- I'm not familiar, no. Okay, well, they're uh, an annual event, and, and they have much smaller ones all the time. And what they are are free assembly, free associations out in the woods. Uh, it, we've been doing them for over 40 years, uh, Rainbow Family of Living, Love, and Light. It started out from the hippie times, uh, but it continues. And essentially, we can have ten to 20,000 people in the woods, in the oh, national geez. forest, with no one in charge but ourselves. Um, you know, and... It it happens. Let uh, visualize, if you will, that uh, we're out in the woods. We're in a big meadow. There's four thousand people in concentric circles. All of a sudden, people come down out of the woods carrying five-gallon buckets of food. There's a hundred kitchens 
in the woods and each kitchen is sending down food to feed the people. Everybody in this circle gets fed. During this time, uh, a magic hat goes around because it's a non-commercial event because it happens on a national public forest. And in order to expressly use our First Amendment uh, right of assembly and speech and religion, uh, no commerce can be occurring because then that's a different thing. Um, so uh, everybody gets fed. Somebody goes around with the hat. Uh, we have a, a, a dancing crew of musicians and, and uh, we do magic hat songs and we collect the money. Once the money is collected, it goes to the center of that circle. While the people are eating, the money is counted. It is given to the banking council. Anybody, anybody there could be a member of the banking council if they want. Total transparency. The, the number of taken in that evening is announced. Um, the next morning, the kitchen council, representatives of all the kitchens have a meeting. They decide what they need. They put together their shopping list. They give it to supply, which is its own function. Anybody can work in any of these functions. Uh, and the supply sets up supply. They take the money from the bank. They go to town. They get the supplies. They bring the supplies back. They br uh, The kitchens come down and get the supplies. The kitchens cook the food and they bring it down to the circle the next night that goes on for like seven to ten days damn um, i gotta see this there are miles of water pipe from springs up, uphill to all the kitchens um there's an, this crazy infrastructure there are people that are working parking there are people that were are working greeting um on the 4th of July, we have a, a big, giant uh, hand-holding circle for peace uh, from sunup to noon. Um, it's a silent meditation for world peace. Um, and then the silence is broken by Kitty Village, one of the villages uh, that uh, has, like, maybe hundreds of families. And all these kids come out, and they break the silence. We have an ohm, a big old uh, hippie ohm, and then we party. And it's a very intense place. There's, there's workshops. Um, there's all sorts of different theme camps. Uh, people that have been going for years and years. It's it's like a it's a it's a festi, but it's it's not electric. Although we do have some th electric things in the bus village because that's a gray area. Uh, so essentially, it's a total countercultural uh, event that is a, a temporary autonomous zone. Um, it, it's anarchistic in nature. It is anarchy. It's where I've learned everything about uh, a lot of anarchy is, is being at these events. And uh, so one of the functions that we also provide is entertainment, of course. And so when I started going to the uh, Rainbows, it was uh, I did the entertainment portion of it. I did MC work, uh, hosting talent shows and all that stuff, um, and, do, and learning to be a clown because I could do whatever I wanted to because it was like all these different camps. I would think of something stupid to do or say, and I would go to camp after camp and camp and yeah. do it. Same thing. And uh, just get laughs. And, um, and that's where I learned my chops. And after a few years, I learned that another major thing that we provide is security. We provide our own security. Shante Sina is what we call ourselves. Uh, it's Sanskrit for peace uh, uh, keepers or some such. And um, so we, we do that. And so I start to use my clowning skills in security situations, trying to defuse tense uh, domestic uh, situations or, or beefs or people fighting uh, by bringing a little clowning into it or a little, you know, boom, think about it this way and trying to change their thinking. And so one of the other functions that the, the security provides is um, escorts for the media to make sure that uh, everything's smooth for them and escorts for the police. And when we escort the police, we are, it's a twofold operation. It's trying to let, we have to let the people know. Six up is the call that we uh, let out when to let people know, oh, the cops are coming, hide your stash, you know, lease your dog and all that. Um, and keep the cops chill. So I would walk with cops, like half a dozen state troopers for an eight-hour shift uh, through a rainbow gathering or state troopers from all these different states. And uh, it would be a perfect, and 
Uh, I did not mention that uh, the federal government spends up to a million dollars a year on a specific police force, the Incident Command Team. Uh, they pump all this money, and, and they have these uh, National Forest Service police officers, law enforcement officers that come in to m- harass our gatherings. And uh, the the freedom of uh, assembly issue has been going on for years. So you guys keep fighting this. We keep fighting it. They have they come up with a permit system, a permit scam, and uh, we have had to take them to court, all the way to the Supreme Court, to fight these permit uh, ga- these permit restrictions. They're always wanting to regulate the gatherings in any way they can. They send they send out scare teams into the small towns near where we have these gatherings. And they'll, like, try and scare the citizens that all these fucking hippies are going to come in and they're going to, you know, rape your children and, you know, steal your chickens and, and whatever. Um, and then we then they find out it's very different. So, uh, yeah, it, it's a very interesting event. And I learned a lot of, uh, you know, how to deal with people and how to deal with situations and be a clown and uh, and deal with cops. And, and, and when I was did these functions, I would always feel very comfortable because I always knew people were watching my back. Um, you know, a lot of people ask me, you know, Vermin, uh, do you get arrested a lot? Because uh, out in Riot World, I'm putting myself in these positions that are like right there. Sometimes I'm be- behind police lines. And, uh, and I know I, for what I do and where I put myself in these situations, I very seldom get arrested. But I've been arrested more times at the Rainbow Gatherings than I have on the streets. But at the Rainbow Gatherings, too, I mean, I, you know, I know what's going to happen. You know, it's like, okay, they're going to arrest me. They're going to drive me a little bit down the road and cut me loose. And so um, I've been very lucky. I, I, I have not, I don't get arrested too often. I, I've never uh, been beaten by cops. Um, and it's, it's more like, I, you know, I, I don't want to phrase it like I'm, you know, working with them. because it's yeah. not, But I, I'm a, attempting I'm doing things that you know peacefully similar goals where you know I feel like in a perfect world there you know they exist to help us uh, you know put forth our First Amendment rights and and help us to exercise this and do these things but of course in real world there it's not it's it's the opposite Uh, but I like to pretend and I like it's it's part of my optimism I you know I have a pretend piece of paper here it's the US Constitution you know it says we can do these things don't you see and and, uh, and and these are police control manuals, and this is how you're supposed to behave. Don't you understand? Um, and so I, I feel, you know, my role is a, a, an educational nature. Uh, but fact, uh, truth be told, uh, anecdotally, uh, people tell me that they do feel safer when I'm on the streets with them, um, that I've avoided violence, that, you know, I, that I've saved yeah, lives yeah. and shit like that. You know, I, I can't vouch for it, but... But uh, Rod, Rod's uh, Rod can't rock and vouch for it. I've seen it. Yeah. <laughs> if I could chime in, I'll, I'll tell you straight up: when Vermin Supreme is at a protest, uh, he has the ability to sway the uh, the mental uh, collect collective, uh, which is the crowd. Um, you you see the cops come in there, and for a lot of the people that are there for first time, First Amendment rights, just to say what they want to say. They, they're not really aware that the Gestapo, the jackboots, the fucking crazy-ass riot cops are about to come in and kettle you. And there is something comforting of that uh, Vermin's presence has over the crowd. And uh, just by him, uh, you know, reading uh, from, you know, various uh, crowd control manuals, uh, talking about the Posse Comitatus Act, 
uh, talking about, you know, basically end of the field manu manuals, which says like, hey, cops, like if you've got a, you know, part of your crew that has mental problems or if he's got a hair up his ass about protesters, well, you need to keep him in line. You need to make sure that he's not going to beat people's fucking skulls in. Uh, but, you know, Berman's able to read from, I mean, like he's just got it committed to mem memory. Um, Some and, of them, yeah. and well, a, a lot of the <laughs> well, sure, and I've yeah. seen you read too. Yeah. Uh, but he's got so much, um, pro, you know, protest experience uh, that that he is a comfort to a lot of people. And I've definitely seen events where it, you know, it could have gone really badly. And I've been at a lot of events that have been have gone very badly. I'm a guy who gets arrested all the fucking time. True. Uh, but, you know, Berman <laughs> manages to escape. Um, but I'm always the one that who's like the recipient of the political violence, uh, so I can appreciate someone like uh, Vermin. You should try a boot, Rod. <laughs> it's magic. Yeah. Well, we got about 30 seconds left uh, before we get to end this. Um, right, we are back. We decided that we weren't done. We decided we were going to go into a little more. So, Mr. Supreme, yes, the war sir. on gingivitis. Yes. Gingivitis has been eroding the gum line of this great nation of ours for long enough and must be stopped. For too long, this country has been suffering a great moral and oral decay in spirit and incisors. A country's future depends on its ability to bite back. We can no longer be a nation indentured our very salivation is at stake. Together, we must brace ourselves, bite the bullet, and cross over into the bridgework into the 23rd century. Together, we will make America a sea of shining, smiling, shining, smiling, shining, smiling, smiling, shining, shining, smiling, 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 shining, shining, smiling, smiling, shining, shining, smiling, smiling, shining, 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 smiling, 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 shiny smiles from that is what we need to shiny sea. Yeah, next president. Now, friends, do not be fooled by false teeth profits this mandatory toothbrushing law is not about the secret dental police kicking down your door at 3 a.m. to make sure you have brushed no it is not it is not about the dental re-education centers it is not about the preventative dental maintenance detention facilities it is not about the government issued toothpaste containing an addictive yet harmless substance nor is this mandatory toothbrushing law about the DNA gene splicing to create a race of winged monkeys to act as tooth fairy enforcers. No, friends, it is not. What this mandatory toothbrushing law is really all about is simply strong teeth for a strong America. Thank you. I'm Vermin Supreme. It's all right here in my new book. In his book, Go I Get Pony, That. I Pony. Blueprint for a new America. So how often must people brush their teeth, Mr. Supreme? Uh, twice a day and uh, twice a day. snacks. Yeah. Two minutes? After snacks. After snacks, flossing. It's all definitely. the bristles, quite frankly. Quite frankly, bristles are very, very important. The government-issued uh, toothbrushes uh, will have soft bristles. If you're brushing yourself with them uh, 
stiff bristles or hard bristles or, or cheap plastic bristles, you're doing yourself or your teeth no favors. You could eventually wear your enamel out, and that would be a, a terrible thing for you and America. So, and what, what uh, are the consequences to those who disobey Well, you know, the fight uh, against gingivitis? I'm sure you're familiar with the uh, the way that the uh, current uh, police uh, deal with uh, minor infractions. Yes, of course. You, you would be like that. A lot of beatings, I suppose. Well, hey, anyway, we got to get it across. Yeah. Make sure you brush your teeth. Yes. So, uh, dental, your your dental hygiene is very, very important to me, and very important to national security. Of course. And uh, of course. You know. Yeah. So, um, getting into this next question, I have. Very important question, perhaps yes. the most important question we've asked this whole interview. Yes, sir. How will you protect us from the the zombie apocalypse that we we can't avoid? It's gonna yes, happen. Yes, yeah, the imminent be, any day now. It could any not, day now could not happen too soon. Quite frankly, that's what this country and what this world really needs to happen to bring us together as a nation. I believe a a zombie. Uh, Outbreak and epidemic would certainly be uh, a unifying uh, occurrence uh, in America. This is inevitable. It would give us something to really come together and and deal with as a nation. And it's about time. Uh, This country's been uh, divided for too long. And I I believe that zombies can be the the true uh, uniter that this country really needs. Uh, So I hope to actually uh, harness the awesome power of zombies as an energy source utilizing the latest in hamster wheel technology. To start with, now once again, of course, I'll be doing a, a little. I'd like to do a little reading from of my course, book, if I of may. Of course, of uh, course. So if I can do that, I, I will do that. And uh, Rod, if you want to noodle along, feel free. Uh, I'm going to show you a picture of a, a zombie turbine. That's what a zombie turbine looks like, and uh, that's what it's a zombie doing. turbine. Everybody, zombie turbine. Perfect. It's all here in my new book, I Pony Blueprint for a New America. Okay, let's see here now. This is a story about uh, Chuck. and uh, He works at one of these uh, zombie turbine power plants. And here we go. Chuck made it past the last of the dental checkpoints and finally arrived at work. The full-body pony x-ray fast lane was definitely the way to go if you were in a hurry and didn't mind a few extra rotogens to the nads and the noggin. After parking his buggy, Chuck led his pony, Tony the Pony, Federal Pony ID number 131-444-013, to the employee stables. He tipped Roy, the stable boy, a pony nickel. There had never been an accidental zombie release in a commercially licensed zombie turbine facility. The same could not be said about zombie storage or transport operations. These were technically not part of the turbine facility and therefore did not sully these pristine statistics, nor did it affect their ability to make the claim. Hello, Al, he said to the guard. Howdy, Chuck. Hello, Doris, he greeted the receptionist. Hello, Mr. Heston. He made his way to the locker room and removed his street clothes. Opponents used to jibe that more people had died in Vermin Supreme's car than in zombie plant accidents. Well, that was before more people got killed in zombie power accidents than in President Supreme's car. 
Chuck suited up in his insulated protective suit and entered the elevator that would take him down under the Earth's surface. Elevator going down. Next floor, hell. Zombies and ladies' lingerie, he announced to no one. Exiting the elevator, he walked to the door at the end of the hallway. He smiled broadly at the door as the dental laser scanner scanned his teeth. It was confirming his identity, removing plaque, and looking for cavities all at the same time. The door opened. The important thing to remember was that they were no longer human, Chuck reminded himself. As he headed down the metal stairs, his footsteps echoed through the stairwell. He pulled on his mittens and earmuffs. It was cold down there. Uh, there had certainly been any number of human fatalities during the zombie energification program. A drop in the bucket compared to the zombie wars before it, to be sure. Most of these deaths occurred during the early years of the program. Human error and stupidity were mainly to blame. There were some zombie energy-related occupations that did have a higher danger rating than others. Freelance zombie wranglers had one of the more dangerous jobs, especially in the beginning. Eventually, specialized zombie capture equipment came online and minimized the risk. Zombie extraction dentistry was also a hazardous human task before it too was automated. Most surviving relatives were okay with giving consent for their zombie relatives, uh, giving them a good home, if you will. It was an honest way for a zombie to make a living, or at least earn its keep. They got plenty of exercise had plenty of company, and didn't kill people and eat their brains. For the comfort of all, many of the details of zombie energy harvesting were simply not discussed. Inevitably, the zombie rights movement, but they got nowhere. It was a, quite a sight to behold from his perch on the catwalk above the pit. A treadmill the size of a football field with thousands of undead moaning in unison, each in their own harness, slowly marching along. The zombies themselves were practically perpetual motion machines requiring almost no fuel. They could produce many kilowatts of electricity for practically nothing. Clean, green, and renewable, Zom power was almost too cheap to meter almost the technological achievement of actually harnessing the awesome power of zombies had indeed proven formidable and taken several generations to take effect first of all there was the problem of gear ratios and such the early hamster wheel technology was laughably inefficient compared to today's standards it was when electrode implants became standard allowing the zombies to be synchronized for efficiency efficiency that large-scale zombie power became feasible. Zombie power produced zero emissions other than the inevitable stench of rotting flesh. Dipping the zombies in polyurethane during processing helped somewhat, but not much. The ventilation, the ventilation systems in these energy facilities were very good, as was the overall working environment. There was a reverence and respect for the undead. They were the ones doing all the real heavy lifting. Cruelty towards the undead and necrophilia were strictly discouraged. Photography was prohibited. People 
who would have never gotten along in real life were happy to provide the power. And that's what it's like in the future. The end. The end of that chapter. So that so that book came from directly from the future. Absolutely. So yes. this this is fact. This is going this, to happen. Oh yes, this is going to happen. There's there's wow. no way to stop. You wish you could stop it, but no, it's 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 here. But it sounds it sounds like now I believe you. The zombie apocalypse is what we need. Uh, yes, we we must. Uh, yeah, destroy America in order to save it. I'd say that's pretty accurate. Yes, most definitely. And so, um, how do you plan on capturing these zombies and getting them onto well onto the nets? Wheel? Definitely nets, nets, and uh, you know things like lassos. Uh, Yippee-yi, tie get along, little zombies. Maybe like a cow- zombie cowboy. a mile before we get to the power plant. Exactly like cowboys, but with zombies. So you're zombie boy. Sure. Sure, why not? <laughs> I don't know. It sounds a little fan, but we'll go with it. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can, oh, I can see it. How do you handle a zombie, man? You got like you got like human flesh on like a uh, fishing fishing pole at the end well, of brains, the fishing line. Brains, brains on human the brains is what you're you trying to. Lead. Lower, well, yeah, man. you're trying to lead them. A, a, you don't even need to last through them so much. You just need the brains. Yeah. They'll follow the brains anywhere. You just, I mean, they're they're stupid. Is that they're, how you keep them moving on the wheel? Yeah, the with brains? a little brain sluice, little brain sluice, little brain juice. Um, oh okay. yeah, absolutely. So are we saving every zombie or just the healthiest and strongest zombies? Are we well, gonna, they, they need replacement. You know, yeah, parts yeah. fall off. You know, yeah. they rot. They they're not immune to to decay. I mean, yeah, they 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 smell because they're rotting, uh, and they they just fall apart naturally. They they wear out. So, um, yes, it you know it's only sustainable if we can continue uh, affecting new infecting uh, new people with the zombie virus. Yes, that's what I'm suggesting. So, so you, you, I am suggesting infecting uh, healthy humans with the zombie virus. How, how will these humans be selected? Randomly. Randomly. So like a lottery. Could you be like maybe in a cereal is there box? An age you cutoff? Might win in a cereal box. Is there an age cutoff like you, between? So like for the draft for the military, it's only between what eighteen and like well, twenty-three. It sounds or like something. a reasonable compromise. So like, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, Woodrow Wilson, uh, when he was president, actually uh, oversaw 65,000 forced vaccinations. Uh, I'm so, uh, for, uh, excuse me, uh, forced sterilizations. Uh, which, oh. uh, they, they used uh, vaccinations as the precedent since uh, they, oh. they were able to force uh, vaccinations that, that they were then legally allowed to force sterilizations. Um, and uh, this was uh, tied into the eugenics movement, uh, which was an inspiration for Adolf Hitler, which Berman has to go back in time and uh, kill the baby off. Well, maybe they won't be inspired to do that. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, so you really, you really changing the world over here, that's, going yeah. back, killing that's baby a, Hitler. That's a history moment. Thank you, Rod. Sorry, Rod, <laughs> you're you're a real buzzkill, dude. Oh, real buzz. <laughs> the hell they have to do with zombies, man? I know zombies. Woodrow Willen was a zombie killer. No, he was a vampire killer. I thought. I was pretty sure wasn't that the musical? I don't know. Anyway, yeah, zombies. If okay. Let's finish the fun thing. All right. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun to be a zombie. Um, <laughs> so perfectly healthy. Frosty so what is the zombie <laughs> was a very happy zombie. He loved his brains. He loved his trains, and he uh, euthanized everyone. <laughs> so so perf- so what if somebody's like halfway through their life? And they they could still get randomly selected to become a zombie, 
Anything could happen. Or anyth- anything. 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 Could be can toddlers. Happen. Toddlers. Oh, I'm gonna take your child time. away. He's, Any, what it, anything can happen, man. It's, you would just hope for the best. You don't go selected. Times. Yeah, for sure. The, the transition times are gonna be uh, be very confusing and terrifying. Um, that's that's you know. The real objective is to make ponies by human chimeras, like Berman was suggesting earlier. That's, if you could hybridize yes. them with the zombies, then you really pony have to zombie hybrids. Uh, you know, yeah, which uh, which would uh, make the children uh, brush their teeth before they go to bed. That's really bad. Yeah, or else you have to see the the pony zombie hybrid. Uh, well, that's what I was saying. Yeah, we're gonna feed you to the pony zombie hybrid if you don't brush your teeth. It's perfect. Exactly. And that's what you could do with all of the dead ponies once the ponies die. Pony zombie hybrids. Exactly. Take it a step further. You could take them back in time, and if you had an army of these uh, pony human slash zombie hybrids, Hitler would have no chance. Hitler would have no chance whatsoever. Uh, or uh, Leopold, uh, Pol Pot, any of, the, any of the other dictators in history. We could go back and write all the wrongs, all the false flags that the United States committed to to do their wars of genocide across the world. We could we could take that back. Uh, the Sons of uh, Liberty uh, dressing as Native Americans to throw the tea in the harbor. That's gone. That's out the window. Um, Bam. You take uh, the Gulf of Tonkin incident, which uh, we used to get into Vietnam and kill millions of people there. All that would be gone. Imagine the, the ponytopia that Berman would create. All right. More excerpts. <laughs> Going to read another section here that I think is pretty exciting uh, along those lines. Thanks you got for, six minutes for, left. Okay, man. You are here today because you are the best of the best of human pony hybrids that this country has ever known. Soldier, if you see your grandmother out there today, what are you going to do? Kill her, sir! I can't hear you. Kill her, sir! That's better. And if you see your sister here today, what are you going to do? Kill her, sir! Why these men had volunteered to have their own human bottoms, parts, surgically removed and be attached to pony bodies was anybody's guess. But they had hundreds of them, and now they were ready to defend their country's capital from the advancing zombies. Sarge, Sarge, I'm scared. Of course you are. You'd be a fool not to be. Steady, 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 men, the sergeant said calmly. Don't toot till you see the yellowy whites of their eyes, he told the trumpeter. Then the Commander Sergeant Centaur gave the order to the man-ponies. Charge! Swinging their swords and battle axes furiously, the Centaur cavalry attacked. The ponymen charged headlong into the pulsating zombie mob. Zombie heads flew. Zombie heads rolled. Headless zombie bodies collapsed to the ground. By the score, they hit the dance floor. Zombie limbs lopped off by the hundreds. The ponymen's weapons were cutting through the crowd like butter. Zombies had not evolved in unnatural defense against the new sword-wielding predator. Things were going swimmingly for the troops. The carnage was horrifying. They cut a wide swath deep into the undead legions. The sheer massive number of zombies, however, assured that they would be eventually surrounded. Sure enough, they were. When this occurred, there was a predictable turn of events. The equi-humans were no longer on the offense. What was once going great was now not so great. The Centaur Cavalry formed a defensive circle. Several, actually, as this was happening throughout the plaza. But the never-ending onslaught onslaught of zombies finally became too much. Their defensive circles became compacted and too crowded to even use their weapons effectively. The zombies, who had seemingly mutated into not-eating humans, 
into not realize that the humans who were busy severing their heads were also half-delicious pony. As the centaurs reared up to get more kicking action, zombies clamped themselves to the tender pony underbellies and began to bite and rip through their hide. Zombies wrapped themselves around the centaurs' legs, weighing them down to be eaten by the throng. Some centaurs rolled on their backs and tried to shake off the zombies. Nothing seemed to work. Discipline broke down amongst the troop. It became every pony man for himself. Thank you. Uh, that's a story about the, the human-pony hybrids uh, that will be attempting to protect uh, uh, the nation's capital against the uh, zombie hordes. Uh, and that's perfect. Yeah, that's in the future. And you'll, again, this is confirmed from the future. Yeah, you'll be it's reading. Like, it's like the Bible, but better. You'll be reading about uh, in the history books. But tr- for sure. it's like the Bible, but true. It exactly. Iponybook.com. <laughs> Iponythebook.com. Thanks for watching, everybody. Thanks for coming Guys, out. Guys, thank you for watching this uh, interview. Uh, I know we said we were going to end this last time, but we're for real ending this this time. Yeah, this time we mean it. We mean it this time. <laughs> Shout out to Vermin Supreme. Not like last time. Our first totally non-musical it. guest, first political guest, president of the future, president of the universe, president of the internet, the tyrant you can trust. Thank you. The one and only Vermin Supreme. Thank you, sis. And be sure to follow me on Instagram at Bobby D on the beat. B O B B Y D with two E's on the beat. And get Vermin Supreme on Twitter at Vermin Supreme. Get Vermin Supreme on Instagram at Vermin Supreme for President. Get me on Twitter, by the way, at Bobby D603. And be sure to follow us at Cult Classic Official at K U L T Classic Official. We got merch, we got shows. And speaking of shows, Vermin, you have to come by one of our shows oh, if yeah, you're man. ever in Charlotte. I, like I said, we, we got, got a something. rock opera. We got the rock opera coming up. Oh, we, yeah. We, we'll, I, I have no doubt we'll be having you a date come in to Charlotte. a cult classic show. I, oh, that would be cool. I'll give you a free ticket. You get on stage, all right. all performers. Right, be Maybe great. jump in the mosh I, I pit, have some fun. For sure. Well, well, the thing is with the boot, it's very hard to mosh because I, I have to hold it on I pretty see. much. I see. And my elbows go You can observe. You can observe the mosh pit. But I got to be extra careful because my elbows are up. You can rate our mosh pit on like a one to ten thank scale. You. I still haven't quite figured. So you know, yeah. So th- thank you very much. Uh, th- yeah. Thanks for coming. Thanks for being part of my uh, live stream. Also, absolutely, that was um, fun. That, I enjoyed it. A lot myself. of fun, and uh, I, I hope uh, your audience has uh, at least a, a taste of what it is that I do. Uh, check, oh yeah, check out some of the other links. Uh, I'm sure you guys. I, I'm will always see a, a little bit leery when I'm meeting new people and new audiences, and, yeah. and they're like, "What the fuck is that, dude? What is going on there?" And um, but yeah, so so check out my work, and uh, yeah. Check you should have checked out Vermin Supreme. Uh, Vermin Cast Supreme. that vote yep. too. Yes. Drew, Let's get that. Trump out of office. Vermin Supreme is the only one to beat Trump. Vermin Supreme is the only one. Vermin Supreme is the only one who could beat ISIS. Like Vermin Supreme. <laughs> <laughs> it's all. He's the he's the last thing that we have to save the universe. So true. Stop global warming. Truer words have never been spoken. Thank uh, you. These people. We just gotta get all these people hit. But again, thank you guys for real. Peace. Peace.